Hi, my name is Jafka. I'm currently a sophomore at Tufts University, and I am currently taking the course Self and Identity Negotiating Place in Community. Before we get started with today's discussion, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that I am not a trained mental health professional. While I have experience and a little bit of knowledge about the topic of mental health, I wanted to emphasize that the information I share later on in this podcast should not be taken as a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health issues, please seek help from a qualified mental health professional. That being said, as a member of the Caribbean community, I believe that it's important for us to have open and honest conversations about mental health. Too often, mental health is stigmatized and ignored in our culture, and it's time for us to start changing that. While my words should be taken with a grain of salt, I hope that this podcast can serve as a starting point for important conversations and encourage others to seek support and help when they need it. Now, today we're going to be talking about the stigmatization of mental health in the Caribbean and its major issues where a lot of resources aren't distributed to people who may be affected by mental health. I think we really have over the years tried to break that stigma where people are more aware that this is treatable and there are people with mental health issues that have normal lives. You know, they have kids, they have jobs, they go about their day-to-day tasks. All in all, we're just, you know, busy people who may be dealing with some other stuff outside of what we normally do. I would say right now across the region and even globally, mental health is not the greatest thing. It's definitely becoming a more topical conversation because a of a lot of the stresses that we have going on right now. I mean, we just came out of an intense two-year period of a pandemic, and no one has ever experienced anything like that, not even the generations above us. So nobody really knew how to deal with that. And so everyone was completely shifted in their way of life, work, and you know, that completely affects your mind, your body, and your spirit. So of course, our mental health has been on the immense pressure as a result of being in a pandemic. Now in 2023, there are all these economic challenges that have come as a result of the pandemic, as well as with everything else that's going on in the world. So we're really living in a really stressful time, and it's a lot, and it's a lot for everyone across the board. It's the first time we're ever having to deal with this because it's stressful for everyone, stemming from children all the way to the oldest person you possibly know. So that already puts a lot of pressure and stress on the minds and bodies of people Because mental health and physical health are interchangeable. So we're a lot more stressed and our emotions are a lot more unstable because of that stress. And all the things that come about as a result of that stress. So generally, the mental health across the board is not in a good place for most people. And a lot of people are hanging on by a thread. There may be some people who have slipped up a little bit, but it's not too bad. So for the most part, it's pretty much affecting everything and people are under pressure. Looking specifically at the stigma between mental health and Caribbean communities, it's a real problem. Many people in our culture still view mental health as a weakness or a character flaw rather than a medical condition that requires treatment. This can make it difficult for individuals who are struggling with mental health issues to seek help and can lead to feelings of shame, guilt, and isolation. You may be thinking, well, where did this stigma originate from almost every like predominant issue within the black community can be traced back to slavery and the um experiences from that because a lot of the traumas and mental health issues and so on that are continuously being perpetuated 
come from a long line of traumatic experiences and the coping mechanisms that are developed as a result of that. The survival mode that you kind of have to go into to live in a world that is a direct after effect of having that kind of trauma in so many ways, financially, physically, sexually, that's basically like the core of it. I feel like when people push things away, when they don't understand something or they don't want to associate with something, I think that's because they're not sure how they will be perceived. So they either push it away or label it in a negative way just to give themselves some distance from it. And I feel like it's due to a level of vulnerability. And you're really leaving yourself open and not really knowing what kind of feedback you're going to get when you do that. So if you do put yourself out there and you get the response that's not welcoming and not warm, then you're going to start putting things in place to protect yourselves from that. And I feel like that protection of yourself kind of spills over to everyone else you interact with and it becomes a culture. So I feel like that's where it really came from. Um, When it boils down, I feel like there are two different forms of stigmatization, the stigmatization of the illness itself and the stigma surrounding the treatment. When discussing mental health and the Caribbean community, I feel like most of the stigma is surrounded actually around having the illness rather than getting the treatment for it and just um, how other people might view it. I know it's really common in the Caribbean community for your parents or I mean anyone to be honest to tell your business to the next person so when you think about that I feel like when you're discussing the topic with another person you might be you know a little scared about how they may react if I just like use an example like a daughter tells her mother I'm dealing with depression and the mother goes and tells another person it's like you know, the mother's not really sure on how other people are going to react, so she kind of has to build, like, a guard. I hope I'm explaining this right, but that's how I pretty much view it. Yeah, I hope that just made a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so, when discussing this topic, I decided to use Black Caribbean immigrants as the focal point of my discussion. And after doing a little bit of research, I found that 11% of Caribbean immigrants with psychiatric diagnosis use mental health services, compared to the 47% of United States-born Caribbeans. So we're seeing a big discrepancy between first-born Caribbeans that are currently living in the U.S. and Native Caribbeans. So from that statistic, we're seeing Native Caribbeans are less likely to use um resources um I feel like this you know I broke it down a little bit but just to reiterate I feel like this statistic is a little bit interesting as it suggests that first generation Caribbean immigrants may be more willing to seek out mental health services compared to their United States born counterparts who may be um more likely to internalize cultural stigmas and suppress their mental health issues um when discussing immigrants I feel like you know when coming to America and having to deal with that assimilation and, you know, possible, you know, bullying and stuff like that, I feel like they might be prone to more mental health issues, which would make more sense as to why they seek out um, mental health issues. But I also feel like there are plenty of native-born Caribbeans who may be, you know, dealing with mental health issues, but they never seek out 
resources for that so they never actually really know if they're actually you know dealing with this um i have two brief um narratives or you know little stories um the first one is from a 20 year old female she writes growing up i always struggled with social anxiety i would get nervous around people especially in large crowds or new situations i knew i needed help but my parents were skeptical about therapy and didn't believe i needed it so i decided to go behind their back and schedule an appointment with a therapist on my own However, when my parents found out what I had done, they were furious. They accused me of lying and being disrespectful. They even threatened to kick me out the house if I continued to seek therapy without their approval. I was devastated by their reaction, but I knew I needed help. But I didn't want to lose my family support, especially since I relied on them financially. After much pleading and discussion, my parents finally agreed to let me see the therapist, but only if they could come to the appointments with me, which I was a little upset about, seeing as they were the focal point of my discussions. <laughs> Despite the setback, I continued to attend therapy and work on managing my anxiety. It was a difficult journey, but I knew it was worth it. With the help of my therapist, I was able to overcome my social anxiety and start living a happier, healthier life. And the second narrative I have comes from a 10-year-old boy. He writes, it's been a few months since my dad passed away, and I'm really sad. Sometimes I can't stop thinking about him and I feel like crying. I think about all the things we used to do together, like playing catch or going to the movies. But ever since my dad dies, I've been feeling really different. Sometimes I get really nervous and I feel like I can't breathe. I don't know what's happening, but it's scary. When I tried to tell my mom I may be dealing with something called anxiety, something I found after Googling, she just laughed in my face. She told me I wasn't old enough to understand what anxiety or mental health was. I felt really small and stupid, like I wasn't allowed to feel sad or scared. It's hard not having my dad around. He was the only one who made me feel better when I was sad or scared. But now, I don't know who to turn to. I feel like nobody understands me. I wish my mom would listen to me and try to understand what I'm going through. I know I'm just a kid, but that doesn't mean my feelings aren't real. I mean, I feel like... I think we don't give kids a lot of credit. They're actually smarter than we really think. And so when hearing like that coming from a kid and just a kid being able to say, I think I have depression or I think, you know, something like that. I think people don't take them seriously. And I think that's the problem. There are kids who are really dealing with that stuff and are more open to actually acknowledging it. And, you know, people just kind of, like, look them away. They don't really take them seriously. They're like, oh, yeah, they're a kid. What do they know about that? And I feel like, you know, that's the problem. We don't take kids seriously. I mean, we don't take anything serious. Okay, that's a lie. I feel like we do take stuff seriously. But when discussing stuff like this, you know, there has to be a line that's drawn. Because this is serious. This is stuff that carries on from generations to generations. If you don't deal with your traumas, you know, when they happen, you're more than bound to um, keep the cycle going. <clears throat> so, what can we do about this? Changing the stigma of mental health in the Caribbean households won't happen overnight, but there are things we can do to start the conversation. One of the most important things we can do is educate ourselves and others about mental health. This includes learning about the signs and symptoms of mental illnesses, as well as understanding the different types of treatment that are available. We can also work to reduce the shame and stigma around mental health by sharing our own stories and experiences, by speaking openly 
and honestly about our struggles with mental health. And with that, we can break down the barriers that prevent others from seeking help. <sighs> We've come to the end of this podcast. I'm so sad. Um, but I really do hope you guys, um, you know, take this and, you know, possibly try to think about it, you know, maybe, you know, educate our, you know, parents that are a little bit stern. Um, but for the most part, I hope I didn't take too much of your time. And I hope you guys actually took something out of this podcast. And I'm so glad you guys were able to hear a little bit of my thoughts. Um, and yeah, thank you.